Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Number 46, familiar chapter. We use that first verse time after time. And, uh, you know, hallelujah. And, and I've, I've seen that verse talk to us. So tonight I want to I wanna read a few verses in 46, verse 1, starting there. Amen. Praise God. Let's, um, let's keep coming to church. Let's keep on coming. In the midst of this, we're blessed to be able to still have church. And uh, I don't know possibly if it wasn't for the place in our community that we feel we wouldn't be able to. But uh, I'm glad that we have kept everything open to our community and those that we have to deal with with this. And they're very kind to us. And we thank God for that. We thank God for that. Amen. Psalms 46 and verse number 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very present, everybody said very present, help in trouble. Drop down to verse 7. Listen to this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. And then I want to read verse 10 and 11. Verse 10 being my key verse. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Lord, there's anointing on your word tonight. And God, as I speak your word tonight, I pray that you would let that anointing flow through me. God, let lives not just be touched, but let them be changed, God, tonight. Let them be encouraged, God, by the word that I'm about to bring forth, thy God. In Jesus' name, Lord, touch us tonight with your presence. In the name of the Lord, touch those, Lord, that are watching tonight. God, I pray that this word would go out to them and comfort them and touch them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to preach a little while on this subject. Amen. As I had... Uh, Read this year a while back, really in my reading, and then the verse 10 really stood out, and, and God began to deal with me on it. Be still and know that I am God. And I began to recognize something in this verse, Brother Terry, that I had not picked up on before. Probably you have, but I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to pick it up, but so the Lord just kind of had to, you know, work on me a little bit there, sister. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to preach on this subject, preparing for prayer and worship. Preparing for prayer and worship. Hallelujah. I want to, the World Book Dictionary says this, prayer is one of the principal categories of worship. Think about that. So that means almost that we cannot worship without prayer. That's a good thing. That struck in my mind, and I couldn't get out of my mind, that a world book dictionary would say it in those words, that it is a principal category of worship. That means it's first. It's very, it's, it's very necessary, can I say. According to... To polls that were taken, it says that more Americans will pray this week than will exercise. 
Think about that a little bit. Drive a car or go to work. More Americans will pray this week than will exercise, drive a car, or go to work. Does that shock you? Does me too. I'm glad to be shocked. Amen. They say nine out of ten of us pray regularly. Think about this. And three out of four claim to pray every day. If we could just, Sister Rhonda, somehow get this prayer down pat and get engaged in prayer. You know there's a difference in praying a prayer and just getting engaged. How, there's a difference in praying to and praying through. I've always said that I want to pray till I pray through. Because I don't want it to get in the midst of my prayer and lose a thought. I don't want to get in the midst of a prayer, amen, and not feel like I've really prayed. You're not really going to feel like you pray until you pray through. That's the way it was when we come to God. We prayed till we prayed through. And we walked away different because of our prayer. So prayer is important. It is important to prepare for prayer and to pray, prepare for worship. Amen. I wish that only all of all of those who pray, I wish that all of those had a real relationship with God. There is difference. I know that people say I'm a Christian. We're living in a world today where everybody's a Christian. You ask them and they'll tell you they're a Christian. But I wonder how many's really got a relationship with God. I, 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 you know, I know that in this time that we're living that it seems like that everybody's praying because of where we're at. But let me tell you, if God would just take care of this today, Brother Mason, and say today's enough and I'm going to take care of the COVID, everybody, I bet there'd be a lot of prayer closets that's empty again. Because they pray when trouble comes, but that's the only time they pray. I want to be found faithful in my prayer. I don't want to just, I want to be found faithful to pray every day. Not to miss out on my prayer. Because if it's important enough to pray, amen, then it's important to do it right. Come on. Hallelujah. Anybody ever felt it when they let up on their prayer? Amen. You let up on prayer and things begin to happen that didn't used to happen. Hallelujah. You see, prayers being answered has everything to do with relationship. You know, we can pray and not receive the answer we want, or we can pray and pray and pray and keep on praying and receive an answer. I, I'm excited about prayer. I just got through with a book about prayer. And and. Part of that probably come from this, you know. I'd already started this, but, but there was some things that come out of that book. Pastor read it. Now I've read it, and I don't know who he's going to pass it on to next, but if y'all haven't got it, you need to get it. It will encourage and strengthen you from all the miracles of prayer that's in that book. Hallelujah. It's called The Circle Maker, and it's by Mark Batterson, B-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N, S-O-N, yeah. Mike, Mark Batterson. Very good book. I began to look at this, though, and think how important that prayer was. It's prayer for my, prayer is important for my worship. Because I don't think I can really genuine worship unless I pray first. Come on. I know that it is a good thing when I... Have you ever, ever noticed that you get to the place in your prayer... That you don't feel God like you want to. Anybody ever been there when you pray and you're not feeling like you... When you come into the house of God and you don't feel like you usually do. You know, you, I don't know about you, but I like the goosebumps on my goosebumps. I like to feel that. It's a good feeling. And a great thing. When worship started tonight, I felt that in this house. Come on. The Spirit of God was here. And the Spirit of God being here and me feeling that made me feel good about my prayer before church. 
made me feel about my prayer this week and studying because I know God's in the house and I felt him here. Nobody can tell me he's not here. I know he's here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. The complete Christian dictionary says this of prayer. It says prayer is an act of worship by which we offer up praise and thanksgiving to God and bring our requests before Him. You notice that the request is last. It's when we worship Him and we offer Him praise and thanksgiving and a place to bring our requests before Him. You know, prayer so many times is made up on, on I want and I need and heal me and, you know, this, that. It's, it's, it's all about us. When really we ought to start out in praying and worshiping. Or with the prayer ought to be the worship in the beginning. Come on. It ought to be the worship. We ought to worship him for who he is. Come on. What's he done for us even this year in the midst of all this? Sister McGee, we would have never made it without God. I don't see how people makes it without God. Amen. In this time, you know, when, when you're staying in, and if you've got COVID, and we did, we both had it at the same time. Uh, she don't like that when I say that, but the truth is she was positive, so she, she had COVID. I don't care what they say. You, even if you're not care, you can carry it, even though there's no symptoms. Amen. So, yeah, I had COVID, and she didn't, okay? But she did. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. Without God, come on, without God through all of this, there was days and a lot of days, and that's about all. We just stay home pretty well. We don't get out. Very seldom do we get out. And without God in that equation, I guarantee you we'd be a lot worse off. But I thank God, hallelujah, that I don't only have my wife that I can talk to, but I got a God that I can talk to. Come on. And he hears me. I felt him in that time. At times, he's just overshadowed me with that special presence of the Lord that makes me know he's by my side. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. So it's a time of worship to offer up praise and thanksgiving and then bring our requests before him. Hallelujah. I used to use the word joy in our prayers because Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's the way we pray. That's the order we pray in. Hallelujah. I, be, I really got kind of stirred about this because I've, I've, I'm a great dictionary person. I love to look up words and I'll I've got a lot of dictionaries. Just ask my daughter. There's a lot of dictionaries in there, and there's more at home. And uh, when I pick up another, and it's got a little bit different meaning sometimes to some words, then I'll take it home with me. Amen. But, but this began to work on me as I began to, uh, you know, pelfer through these different dictionaries of prayer. The first three meanings of prayer in Funk and Wagnall's New College Standard Dictionary was this. They were all about, and I'm not going to read all of them, but I'm just going to tell you, they were all about, the first three meanings were all about petitions. Is that not what we use associate prayer with? It's what we want. It's what we're asking for. It's all about petitions and asking for things. That's what people think prayer is. It's for asking God for things. They never think it's a time to worship. But I want to bring my prayer, I want to bring my prayer to the worship side. Glory, because I can get into his presence, and if I can just get into his presence praising him, then something's going to happen. Oh, woo, glory, hallelujah. Let me seek after him if happily I might find him. I want to find his seat. I want to find where his presence is, and I want to gather around. Hey, that's what we come to church for. Come on, he's already here. I don't know about you, but I've come together around his presence. Come on. I've come together around that feeling. There's a feeling in this place. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I remember, and I miss him. And 
But I guess that's one of those that's kind of slipped by the wayside. But Ron, Brother Ronnie Peterson used to say, he'd come in and he'd clean the church. And he'd say, Brother McGee, that's one of my joyful times. Because when I come into the house of God, when you come in the door, there's something to be felt. He said, so while I'm working, I'm feeling the presence of God. And he said, the Lord has showed me things. He said, I've seen visions when I've come to the house of God. Oh, how I feel that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, before we ever come to this church, when we got to this church and walked through that door, Brother Ronnie happened to be one of them that came with us, Brother Mason, and he told me something. He said, Brother McGee, you know I've told you often about that dream at the second church, it seemed like I had several times that when I'd come in, the, it was like a vision had come and I'd see a church. And it was a large church. He said, this is that church. I recognize it now. I know what God was showing me. This is, do, this is going on while he's cleaning the church, Sister Perkins. Aha. Uh-huh. Just, just think what you got to lay. If you haven't happened to you, it can happen to you. God can show you things while you're cleaning the church. Because every now and then, I remember those days cleaning church, and we got joyfully, and we began to sing, and hard telling what we do, you know? It's a time of rejoicing in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I began to think these first three meanings. And uh, Brother Mason, as I looked at the fourth meaning, I said this, the fourth meaning, amen, should have been the first. Because when I looked at it and began to break it down, what it said is prayer is communion with God. And then it said it's a recognition of his presence. Oh, it says that this is a time for me to recognize who he is. It's communion. It's not just me talking to God, but it's a time for God to talk to me. I remember pastoring many years, Brother Terry, in the second church. I remember it very, very clearly because I was a full-time pastor at that time. But I can remember walking through those church doors of the morning early and walking up the steps and back to my corner office getting on my knees right by mama's chair, the old platform rocker that she used to have, and she prayed there at that rocker time after time, hard telling how many of her family. She probably mentioned every name in that thing every day. And I kneeled down at that rocking chair, and I don't know why. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was mama's prayers coming back to me. But I remember of kneeling down at that rocking chair, and Brother Alex, I started feeling old Grandma McGee again. Hallelujah. I started feeling anointing coming my prayer, Brother Terry, because mama had prayed at that chair. Come on. And I'm going to tell you, the spirit, I think, of them sometimes lives on, whether they are, when they're gone, their spirit is still here and I'm going to tell you I believe mama's spirit was still in that chair and when I kneel down there I'd start feeling an anointing and it was no problem to pray come on church it's a time to recognize who God is and he's able to bring mama's spirit right there to help me pray oh glory I'm feeling this hallelujah hallelujah yeah glory Hallelujah, I need to commune with him. I don't need to just, it's not me that does all the talking. I want him to talk. Oh, oh, oh Jesus, hallelujah. I want to I wanna, uh, be, uh, I want to recognize that he's God. And it said this then, I like what it said. It said it is a prescribed form of worship. A prescribed, did you get that? If you want to talk about prescribed, it's a prescription. In other words, God's given us a prescription for prayer. And he's given us a prescription for communicating with him and to recognize who he is. It is a prescription of worship. Glory, I like that. Hallelujah. Well, we'll get on. The interpreter's. Dictionary of the Bible says this. 
Prayer is praise. It is confession. Hmm, now that, that, gets, that gets down to where we need to ask God for something. It's confession. It's petition. And intercourse with God. In which all of these things are supposed to blend together. Come on now. I said it blends together. We may start out praying, but I'm going to tell you, in the midst of this, we're going to be doing some worship and confessing. and We're going to petition God for things, and we're going to have a communion with Him. We're, we're going to talk to Him about ourselves, possibly, and about others that, that needs our prayers. It's a communication thing. If I don't have a, a communication with my wife, she's not going to think I'm much of a husband after a while. She's going to come in and say, listen, didn't you hear? And she said this a few times, and I've been in my office. I'll be in there, and, and I'll be studying. She'll come in here, and she said, didn't you hear me talking? Well, you know, when somebody talks herself, sometimes you, sometimes you don't know it's her. Oh, well, she's talking to God, you know. But she was talking to me this day. And, uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry, dear. I, I was all involved. You ever get so involved you don't hear somebody? You know what? We can get so involved in our asking God for things that we don't give him no time to ask us a few things. You know, I wonder what it'd be like if, if God would start petitioning us and say, where are y'all at? You know, hey, hey, where's your mind today? What side of the street are you on today? What side of the bed did you get up on today? Come on. Why did you get up in such a rotten attitude? Come on, where's your joy? I give it to you. Where's it at? Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. The Jews had three daily prayer times. 9 a.m., 12 a.m., 3 p.m. Their break, if you please, from everything else. Come on. It was time for a, it was a God hour. It was the hour of prayer. Now think about this a little bit. Okay, if it's an hour of prayer, you know, and I really kind of like take that literally. Maybe you don't, but I'm, you know, sometimes God puts things there for us to kind of look at a little bit. But an hour of prayer, so if it was an hour of prayer, then you think about it and there wasn't, uh, there wasn't but two hours then left. And they're going to be coming back and doing it again. Think about it. Hallelujah. It was their break, if you please, from everything else, come on, in this world that they were dealing with, except God. It was a time of rest. It was a time of relaxation. It was a time of refreshment with God. It was all about Him and them. You know what? I believe that's what God wants in our prayers. I believe that He wants us to get to the place that it's all about Him and us. A lot of times he wants us to leave everything else out. Come on, let's leave the worldly problems aside. Let's read, leave our ailments aside. God, I've just come to worship you. I've just come to honor you today, Lord, for who you are. I just want to thank you, God, for you died on the cross, but you didn't stay there. They buried you. You come out of the grave. You took, come on, you took our sin and you nailed it to the cross and you overcome death. The, oh, hallelujah. Oh, that we can live forever. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. See, prayer is relationship. I said prayer is relationship. With God, that's a relationship with God, and it's not a mere transaction. It's not, come on, it's not a transaction. It's not like going to the bank. Honey, this is a relationship. Yes, sir. You know, you can go to your banker and you can talk to him, but you're there usually for a purpose, not just talk to him and walk back out. You're going to do a transaction. And I, I'm going to say this, and if this skins us a little bit, it'll have skin us, but sometimes I think we do our prayer like that. We come in to make a transaction. We, yes, sir. You know, if you go through the drive-thru, you can only do three of those at our bank, a trans, three transactions, 
Any more than that, you can't do it. Got to go inside. <laughs> Woo, glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, you <laughs> I'm about to say something. I'm getting in trouble, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it just, just, for, just for us to cheer tonight. I'm gonna, and, and those that's watching, amen. But, but the truth is, I, I want you to know something. That I, I, I'm almost come to the place, Sister Rhonda, where I believe that we can only do certain kinds of prayer at home. And some of it's like a transaction. But when I come into the house of God, I've come here for a relationship. It's not just a transaction. It's a relationship. I've come to praise Him and I've come to pray. Glory. I've come to enter into a a connection with God. I want a connection. I want to be refreshed. I want to be renewed. Hallelujah. It's not just a dutiful practice. It's not like, well, it's not like I just going to church to pay my dues. I'm coming because I'm coming because it's it's dutiful of me, Sister Perkins, to come to church. Brother Pat, it's your duty to come to church. So I'm coming to church because that's my duty. I, I'm supposed to go there. I should. You know. Yeah. If if I call myself a Christian, then I ought to go to church. And I oughtn't to just go there to drink in and see what I can get. But I ought to give. And I'm not talking about money, supposedly. I'm talking, I am talking about money, but I ain't just talking about money. I ought to give my part in the church. Whether you realize it or not, God did not call you into church to sit on your seat and just drink in. He wants, he's got a job for you to do. I don't care if it's worship clean in the church. I don't care what it is. He's got a place for you in church. It's not just a duty. It's a place to have a relationship, not only with God, but with our fellow man. We need fellowship. Anybody miss that fellowship during all this? I do. My wife and I do. We talk about it at home. It's a sad thing, you know. It's these people that you've loved all these years, you can't hug them. It's, it's, you know, I mean, for the best of everybody, the best I can do is keep my distance. I'm older, you know. I don't like to say that. But about to have another birthday, so I can't help it. Anyway, but it's all right. I thank God that I'm where I'm at. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not just a dutiful practice that we occasionally... And awkwardly. You know, I'm worried about people that find it awkward to pray. But I believe, oh my. But I believe we've almost come to that place because we can't have prayer rooms open because we, want, we don't want anybody to catch COVID. We want you to distance, self-distance. We don't want nobody to get sick and have to close down the church. Come on, church. We don't want that to happen again. I don't know about you, but I don't want that to happen. I don't want just online. I, Brother Terry, I may see your name on Facebook pop up that you're on there, but it's nothing like looking you in the eyes face to face. Sister Ron, it's nothing like seeing you get happy and your face turn red and, and start trembling all over because it's a Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but that relationship with my brothers and sisters is missing. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, I can feel it at home. I feel God. There's times I get down beside my chair and I pray at the end and I'm feeling God and all of that. But it's different than coming to the house of God with all your brothers and sisters. There is a difference. Come on. There is a difference. You encourage me to worship. I encourage you to worship. Come on. Hallelujah. We exhort one another to worship. In other words, we preach a little bit to each other. Brother Pat, you ought to be worshiping, brother. We need to, you know, sometimes we need to jump up and down a little bit. We need to get ourselves moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a thing that awkwardly sometimes we enter into with little or no connection. 
I'm sure some of you haven't done it. But have you ever sat down at the table and said to prayer and didn't remember where you said not and you said it again? You want me to tell you what that is? That's no connection. <laughs> it's dutiful, you know. Come on, it's dutiful. But we've done it. We've done it. God, let me enter into your presence and have a connection. I want a relationship. Hallelujah. It shouldn't be with only a little or no connection. It should be a joyful time. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. It's not I have to pray. It's I get to pray. It's a privilege. Somebody say privilege. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I wonder, I began to think about this as I, after I'd read all of these and, and then I thought about Daniel and I thought about David and, and different men that prayed consistently and uh, almost all the time David was praying. Every time you found him, he was praying. Just look at the book of Psalms. It's full of prayers. If you want something to inspire you, read the book of Psalms because it's full of prayers. Oh, Jesus. He wasn't only asking, but he was worshiping God. He had a real relationship with him. So much so that the man of God, you know, come to David. And David, he wanted to, he wanted to build God a house, a place to put the ark. He wanted to do this. And he talked to Nathan the prophet. And then Nathan come back to, to David. And he said, David, you do whatever's in your heart. The Lord is with you. What a great thing. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. It was because he had a relationship with him. Glory. I started wondering what, it, what our life would be like and what our church would be like if we'd done like Daniel and we prayed three times a day. Come on, the, sing, the king set up an image and he said everybody worship it, you know. Nobody would worship the, you know, everybody worshiped it but three, three people. They, Daniel was one of those. The Bible said after the king had made the decree that everybody's going to worship, you know, only worship him for 30 days. Wasn't going to worship God. They, you know where they caught Daniel? They said, you know, the only way that we can get a hold of this guy is because he, he is too perfect. His life, we won't be able to lay a hand on his life, but it'll be in his worship to his God if we catch him in doing anything. And Daniel... Yeah, I, I said it this way because nobody could see it if I didn't. And I, I, I didn't know whether I was going to do it or whether I wasn't. But I just felt like maybe sometimes a little picture go, is worth a thousand words. And I began to think about old Daniel. He's, he, the Bible said he went into his chamber, Brother Mason. And he went in there and he opened the window toward the east. And the Bible said he opened that window and he began to pray toward Jerusalem. Come on. He began. Yeah. Yeah, he, he began to pray. I believe he had to have a seat because I don't believe he's in there just a minute or two. I believe Daniel really prayed. And, and, and I don't know, but I think if he'd got on his knees, he'd have probably wore his knees out. You know, they'd been calluses on him. Glory. I, I read a book here a while back, and it was talking about a man who prayed a lot and said his, he would wear his knees out of his pants and his, his, uh, his wife would have to always put double and triple Patches on his knees keep him from wearing through. Oh, God, what a relationship. Daniel had that kind of relationship. Toward the east, three times a day, Daniel was praying. And that's where they found him on his knees praying to his God. He ended up in the lion's den. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> well, glory. He ended up in the fiery furnace. Come on. But it didn't keep Daniel from praying. He kept on praying. You know why? Because he come out of the furnace without even the smell of smoke. Not a hair on his head was singed. He went in bound, but he come out free. Come on, church. If we could get a relationship with God, we may go into our prayer time bound, but we'll come out free. Come on. Because when God enters into your prayer closet, something begins to happen to you. It don't only change God's mind, but it changes your mind. 
Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Three times a day. David, you know, early will I seek you, Lord. Early. Hallelujah. So I don't know. He may have had a four times a day he prayed. He sought him early. I don't call nine o'clock early. He said, early I seek thee, O Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to notice three times in our text, we're reminded that God is our refuge. Three times in the text that I read. Verse 1, verse 7, verse what, 10, 11, verse 11. That he says that I'm your refuge. Glory. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel better. That's, that refuge there, that's, that's, that's a good place. Hallelujah. He is very present. The first verse says he's very present. That means at the snap of the finger, God's there. Oh, I like that. Very present help in trouble. When you get in trouble, you can say, God! He said, here I am. I'm right here. Lord. And trouble there describes the tight places. Anybody gotten a tight place lately? It goes, it goes on to say when you're backed in a corner and unable to get out. That's how present he is. Well, you can call on him when the devil backs you in a corner. All you got to do is cry out to God. Oh, yeah. In fact, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not? Everybody said suffer. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that that ye are able. You know what it's saying? said he won't put you in a place that you're not able to overcome it. In other words, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he said, I'm not going to put you in a place to destroy you. I'm going to put you in a place to overcome that thing. Come on, because that gives God glory whenever we overcome something. That's what prayer does for us. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Tight place in the corner, unable to get out. But I'm going to tell you, he said, I'm going I'm to give you power as you're attempted. I'm going I'm to give you a way of escape. I'm going to give you a way out. You're not going to be back to the corner and be able to and, and have to stay there, but I'm going to allow you a way to come out. But will with the temptation... Also make a way escape that ye might be able to bear it. He don't say I'm going to take care of it completely. I'm just going to make it so you can bear it. It'll be all right. Glory. Come on. You know why? Because of a relationship. It's because I've got a connection. Glory. You know what? You've got a loose connection electricity and fire starts flying. Glory. I really believe that's the way it is with God. If you've got a bad connection, there's allowed to be some sparks flying. But when you get a good connection, then that power starts flowing through you instead of spreading. Oh, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, he's with us. The word refuge says in the Hebrew, it means security. Or strength. It means fortress. Everybody said fortress. He's my fort. He's my refuge. He's, he's a place of safety for me. Shelter. Mm. Come on. When the devil starts raining on you, just get under God's umbrella. It'll be all right. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. Praise the Lord. Trust. Hope. And he is impenetrable. You can't penetrate God. Hey, it, it'll be all right. You're in good hands. He's our stronghold. He's my shield and my buckler. Oh, he's the rock of my salvation. 
fact, he's my rock, my sword, and my shield. He's my wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and the morning star. Come on. Woo. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jewish leaders were prone to turn to Egypt. It's a sad thing, but this is what I think sometimes where we get. Turn to Egypt for help in times of crisis instead of the Lord. You know, if we run into a financial need, the first thing we do is go to the bank or family or whatever, wherever we can get some money. Come on. I'm talking about the world in general. I'm not talking about anybody in here. But I'm going to tell you, when we get in trouble financially, I can go into my prayer closet and I can begin to worship him and for who he is. And isn't it amazing how many times that you've just kind of already, you just spent some money and God gives you back that money. Wonderful thing. You know, this has been an expensive year for Sister McGee and I, but you know what? God has took care of every expense. You know why? Because we had a relationship and when you give, he gives. You'll never outgive God. You never will. You'll never outgive God because when you give, He gives back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Woo! Oh, that's what God does. That's what God does. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 11. Matthew 11. I got to get going here. Three through five. And said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and shew John again. Everybody said again. Those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. He said, you just go tell him that. You just go tell John. If he's worrying, you tell him that everything's all right. Now, I want you to notice, this is, I'm coming down to our text now, and I, and, and I want you to grab this, because I never did grab this before. In our text, there's two commands given. The first of all, it says to be still. Yeah. Be still. Verse number 10, be still. The Hebrew says to withdraw from or desert, to desert, to be idle, to let fall, to relax, or let go of things you've been holding on tight to. Woo. Anything that you're holding on to tighter than God is your God. You hear me? That's anything you're holding on to tighter than God is your God. We cannot allow that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this be still, I really believe the master is saying everything and everybody be still. It's not just you be still. I think he's had enough of it all. And he's, he's really saying, okay, creation, you just shut up. I want to be able to hear you. You be still. Come on. Enemies, you be quiet. Hey, they fought over Moses' body. The devil wanted it. That was one of God's be stills, I believe. Come on. Hallelujah. So he says, be still. That's creation. That's enemies. That's us. Come on. We're talking about sometimes how to get past our problems. And we're talking about it. And it's not helping a bit. In fact, you can even get into arguments with somebody on how you need to do it and what you need to do. God says, y'all shut up. It's time to be still. And realize that I made all of you, creation included, I spoke you into existence, I made you, and it's time for you to be still because I'm in control. I believe he's telling the United States of America and this world today, you all need to just shut up. 
If you, if, if I could, if I could just get America into a prayer closet with God where they'd have a real relationship, we would see a difference in this nation. Facebook, do you hear that? I said we'd see a difference in our nation if we could have a fellowship with God in the prayer closet. That's what's going to change this. It's our prayers. It's our relationship. That's what's going to change it. Hallelujah. I recently read of a man, and I, I can't remember his name. I don't even remember what book it was in now. It just kind of come to me as I was reading, and I began... And, and I've, I've, I've wanted to start my day like this in a few days. I've remembered, and you know how that goes. If you're not used to something, I've got to get it in my spirit. I've got to get it in my spirit. But I like the way he started the day, and this makes sense. A man started his day with five minutes of silence before he said anything. Five minutes of silence with his eyes closed, listening for God to see if he had any instructions to give him for the day because it's his day anyway. He felt like since it was God's day already that, you know, and he had given him another day that when he woke up, the least he could do was close his eyes and let the, that the, see if the Heavenly Father would want to speak to him first. Before I start my day and say, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, he closed his eyes for five minutes. So I said, okay, God, before I say anything, you talk. God, I wonder what our day would be like if we'd done that. So I've, I've remembered a few mornings, and in a lot of mornings I forgot, but that's a good way to start your day. I, b- I believe it is. Put God first. Why not? All these other things be added to you, he says. Glory, I'm, I'm ready. Lamentations 3. Hallelujah. Well, maybe, maybe I ought to just go ahead right here. The number two thing that he says, know that I am God. I... Be still, and then I want you to know that I'm God. Come on. We must take time and allow God to nourish our soul. Come on. We need that secret place. We need that place in the chamber that Daniel went. We need that in our home and wherever we're at. We need that. Prayer is taking yourself out of the limelight, and it's finding a place where it's just you and God. It's coming to the place with God that makes us know that He's God. Come on. It's it's finding out who He is. He wants to bring back to mind the things that He's already done for us and the blessings we have received because of His mercy already, which a lot of things that God has given us, we're, we're not worthy of. It's only by His mercy. It's only by His grace that we have got those things. Hallelujah. Lamentations 3, 21 through 23. Glory. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassion fail not. Oh, I like that. They are new. Everybody said new. Every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, yes, great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Isaiah says it this way. He says in Isaiah 65 and 24, And it came to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. You know what? God already knew what was going on. Daniel was in there praying, and while Daniel was praying, God was preparing things on his end to take care of him. Oh, if you only knew the times that God works upstream, I will never forget. Amen. Hallelujah. My dear brother, amen. Hallelujah. That preached when God works upstream. Brother Steve Wilson, him and I preached a 
um, what was it? It was anniversary service for Brother Meredith. And I preached, I guess, the first night. And Brother Wilson preached the second night. And he preached, God always works upstream. Before your prayers, before whatever happens, God is already preparing for you to be taken care of. That's how much he loves us. And that's what relationship does. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Before, I like that verse. Come on, before they call, I'll answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. Praise the Lord. Last verse. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. I believe Elijah filled both of those commands. Think about it. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount. Y'all remember that before the Lord when he's running from Jezebel and he took off running? Amen. The angel come and fed him. You know, he's sleeping. He told him, woke him again and give him some more food. And he runs on to Horeb, the mount of God. It's where everybody headed when he was in trouble, that mount of God. Glory. So, So he went to the mountain. And behold, the Lord passed by. A great and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after a fire, a still small voice. Now notice this. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out. Did y'all, did y'all grab that? That's somewhere between verse 11 and verse 13. He done went back in the cave. Because remember the Lord said, told him in verse 11, go out and stand on the mount. And he did. But he, he got, after all that began to go on, he went back in the cave. Yeah. Yes, sir. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped him, his face in his mantle and he went out. Went back out the mountain now. He got scared to death in the cave. Hey, is God in here with me? Can't you just hear it? At least there was noise out there. I wasn't afraid of the. Come on. It didn't scare me near as bad as that little soft voice back there. Come on. The thunder, the lightning, the fire. Yeah, it scared me back in the cave. I, I wanted to get away from it. But this still small voice makes me, it makes me want to wrap up and shiver all over. Oh, Glory. Wrapped himself and his mantle went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? You know what? Many times we listen for God and we're expecting the booming voice. And sometimes it's the little voice. And, some, and a lot of times if we're not careful, we miss... We miss God because we're listening for that voice. What was that? What was that? The true story. I don't even remember the name of it, but Sister McGee and I's got it on DVD and the little boy. Well, actually drowns. He's dead for 45 minutes. In fact, he, he just miraculously was delivered out of, he fell through the ice, him and two other boys out on the ice, and it was thin, they was playing. And there was a man there that was in there to rescue him. And he didn't believe in God. We didn't know that till later on in the show it shows, but a voice, and he thought it was his Far chief. He's got this rod trying to hook something. And this other guy's beside him said, what would you say? He said, I didn't say nothing. He said, oh, well, it must have been the captain or, you know, whoever. 
he said, he said to go back a little farther. And he went back and he hooked him and he brought him out. And he had trouble dealing with that. But he, he, became, he, he, he started believing in God because God spoke and told him where. And because of that, that little boy still lives. Come on. Come on. When the doctors had give up and said there's no way it can, it, it, it would take a miracle. So God performed a miracle. After being dead 45 minutes, he come back and had all his faculties, was able to, to run and play and play basketball and do this and that again. Isn't it wonderful what a relationship with God does? And if you haven't got a real one, mate, God may be calling you to a real one. Hallelujah. If you don't have a prayer closet, you need to make you one. Hallelujah. Brother Mason, you can come. Thank you, Jesus. Could we stand? Glory, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I hope you all are willing to prepare yourself for prayer and worship. If we could get in this limelight of prayer and worship, things will change for the good if we'll do it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's sing something tonight. And uh, as they sing, I'm going to open this altar. If you just want to come and pray just a little bit, that would be fine. Because I... I want to introduce you to an altar. It's a place, when we come to church, it's a place for us to pray. And it's not for everybody, you know, I've heard people say it's a sinner's altar. No, it's not. It wasn't made for the sinner. It was made for us. It's a place for us to communicate with God. And if we could find ourselves a place to pray and seek after the Lord in this, it's just hard telling what God would do for us in this church. Brother Terry, if we could, if we could all just kind of get a relationship with God tonight and get a connection with Him. Between now and November the 2nd, God could do something for you. I remember back several years ago, I was... When I was pastoring, Sister McGee and I was, that year was a, a year that we were at the hospital just, Norman Miller was in there. Y'all remember that. Some of you that's been here a long time remember Norman Miller. They'd put rods in his back and got infection in it and had to take those rods out and he had to lay for I forget how long. Sister McGee found and I found ourselves running back and forth to the hospital. And I remember one morning I had to get up. Sister McGee didn't go with me that morning, but I had to get up real early because I was doing a procedure on him. And, and we lived in Kingsburg at that time in the first church, actually, Parsonage. And I remember going down and hitting I-64 and going across, Brother Terry. And I had a place, and, and it's now it's hard to remember because it's gone, but there was a place on my, I believe it was, no, it was on my right foot, on the bottom as a heel. I remember that because I remember I'd have to set the cruise. And, and that morning, it was really, I was really hurting. It was, it's a place that wouldn't heal up. It just bothered me continuously it was painful had on good comfortable shoes and I remember getting on 64 and heading east and that thing was hurting so bad that I pulled my shoe off and set my cruise and it wasn't long after that in fact, I believe it was time when Brother Alex was going through everything too during that time. 
that we was afraid we was going to lose our little boy. And I, I remember I stopped by my daughter's, pulled up in her drive. And talking to them. And I looked at my wife and I said, dear, if this don't leave, I'm going to have to go to the doctor. There's something going on. I'm in a lot of pain. And we've been praying for it a long time, Sister Rhonda. And I did, it just kind of slid off of my mouth like that. And I just kind of, it just kind of went into no remembrance. And it was weeks later that all at once, Brother Terry, I, I said, you know, I ain't have no pain. I took my shoe off and I can't find that. I couldn't find that place. Still this day, I can't find that place. I don't know where it's. God took care of it. I'm going to tell you what does that. It's, it's a relationship. Because when I got in my car and I hit the hospital, when I was by myself, I was praying before I got there. I was praying that I could, I'd know what to say after I got there and to comfort people and what I, what I was, was going to do. And I found so many times that I was able to give people comfort when I didn't know what to say, but the prayer on the way. The relationship, the connection. Give me something to say to help them in the time of need. That's what God will do for you. This altar is open this, this evening if, if you would like to come and make that connection sure. Make it sure. Amen. The altar is open, y'all. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.